Hi, and welcome to the Global Travel Planning Podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Collins, who, with my expert guests, will take you on a weekly journey to destinations around the globe, providing travel inspiration, itinerary ideas, practical tips, and more to help you plan your next travel adventure. Hi, and welcome to episode 13 of the Global Travel Planning Podcast. This week, I'm actually sitting in India to record the episode, and Doug is in Australia, aren't you? I am. Hello. So, yeah, it's kind of spread around the world. And actually, what we're going to be talking about is and sharing is our three-week Japan itinerary, which we did in October to November 2023. And we thought it would be a useful episode to talk through. We are going to be writing this up. Uh, as a full article. So for more detail, I would recommend going on to the website um, and having a look at the 21 days that we've done. But to give you a brief overview before Doug and I start kind of going through the itinerary in a little bit more detail, we were in Japan for 21 days and we flew from Brisbane into Haneda Airport in Tokyo. We spent six days in Tokyo. Then that was followed by two days in Nagano, Yudanaka. We then went to Takayama for a day, two days in Kanazawa before heading to Kyoto. Now, we did base ourselves in Kyoto for a number of days. We were there for about six days, but we did also do a day trip to Nara from Kyoto. And then day 17, we're headed to Hiroshima and we're there for a couple of days. Again, we did a day trip from Hiroshima to Murajima Island. Then day 19, we headed to Osaka where we spent two days in Osaka and then flew out on day 21. That just about covers it, doesn't it, Doug? That pretty much summarises it nicely, yes. Yeah, so we found this was a really good itinerary. It meant that we did hit some of the main destinations that everybody wants to go to when they go to Japan, like Tokyo, Osaka, Kyoto, for example. But we were also able to include some of the kind of more unusual places, potentially, that people may not think about on their first visit to Japan. And I know you did a lot of research before we went to look at the places we're going to go and visit, didn't you? I did, yeah. I wanted to get it right because we knew we were going to spend three weeks there and so I wanted to make sure that we had as much information. And I am going to give a big shout out actually to my friend Helen who runs the Japanese website and Facebook group. I will link to that. Helen is actually going to be on the podcast to talk about planning a trip to Japan in a few months time. And she was very, very helpful. So, you know, I, as well as having obviously a look at our itinerary and we're going to do another podcast and sharing some of our tips as first time visitors, I would highly recommend that you join that Facebook group and go and have a look at Helen's website. My dear, because we're very first time visitors to Japan, weren't we? We're very excited about going. We were, but also nervous because obviously there's lots of things to think about when you go into a country where you not only do not understand the language, but it's not even written in a way that you can potentially can recognize the symbols. So it, it, we did feel that we needed to do a lot of a little bit more research than probably we would do on other places. So we flew from Brisbane Airport into Tokyo Haneda Airport. We did, and we'd done the uh, the immigration paperwork before we left Australia, but I did not print it out. And this presented a little bit of a, a headache when we arrived, because we needed the QR code. But 
we overcame that and just had to fill out paperwork again when we got there. Yeah, yeah, that was it. So it, it took us a little bit longer to get through immigration. So that's a good tip, actually. And we, we are going to share in the next podcast some, some tips like that. Um, so it meant that by the time we got through, I think our luggage was the only suitcases <laughs> that weren't even on the belt going around anymore. But what I would recommend that you do, and this is what I do wherever I go in the world, is we already had a pre-booked transfer, so we didn't have to worry. I spoke to the driver via WhatsApp as soon as we landed. He knew that we were slightly delayed, and it took us about 35 minutes to get to our accommodation in Shinjuku. Again, choosing where to stay in Tokyo, there's always lots of conversations about you know where to stay. We chose to stay in Shinjuku, which worked really well for us. It was, it was nicely central and you know, easily located everywhere we wanted to go. By the time we arrived, it was kind of later on in the evening, so that was as much as we did. So day one is the day we actually started doing bits and pieces. We had bought Japan rail passes. So we just walked down to Shinjuku Railway Station to exchange the vouchers that we had for the Japan Rail Pass and um, sought out the activation seven days later. And we also booked some of the seats on some of the Shinkansens that we knew that we were going to be taking. It was actually really, really easy. Staff were really helpful. uh, So it was not a painful process at all. So that day we decided that we were going to go to the Meiji Jinju Shinto Shrine. So that was our first destination. We did that by the bus, didn't we? We did, and that was easy as well because we wanted to familiarise ourselves with the, the general area where we were staying as well. So that was a perfect introduction, we thought. Yes, and we bought Seeker cards, which is kind of a tap-on, tap-off card you can use for transportation and also in convenience stores. It's excellent. Because trying to get a physical card is quite difficult, we just actually loaded them on our phones, which was really easy, very easy to to tap on and off, very easy to upload with additional credit as we needed it. It was our first visit to a konbini or Japanese convenience store to buy a selection of goods for our picnic. And honestly, I was like a kid in a candy store in there. <laughs> it was some different flavours and just things to try. Yeah. When we set ourselves up for a lovely picnic, didn't we, um, on the lawn? Weather was really nice as well. That was so day two, we decided to go to the Sensoji Buddhist Temple, which was founded in the seventh century. It's Tokyo's oldest temple and is famous for its giant red lantern. So to get there, we had to go to a Saksa train station, and it's about five minute walk from there. It's a very very popular temple, and it was really 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 busy, wasn't it? We went through the market as well. Um, you know when you get there, because it's the giant. Red lantern, so you know you're there. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. But it, it was incredibly busy. So again, it, it kind of it was one of those tips. I guess we'll share in the next one is about being at places early or considering where you're going, because don't visit on a Saturday would be my advice. We I think was it a Saturday we went? Or yeah, it was a Saturday, so it was very busy. So on day two, basically, we planned the day the night before to get the best circuit for us because we didn't want to make any unnecessary train journeys and lose time. So we marked our preferred locations on a map, looked at the opening times, and then planned the train route. Basically, we went to the He Shrine, Sensoji Temple, Shibuya Crossing, which was amazing, and then we ended the day with Takashita Street. So it was quite a full day. It, it was, but because we had done the planning the night before, it was very efficient the way that we actually planned it out. So then day three, we actually booked a tour because we obviously want to go to Mount Fuji. Now, like everybody, we were really had our fingers crossed that it was going to be a clear day because obviously quite often you can go out to Mount Fuji and not actually see it. But this was one of the highlights of our trip. I absolutely loved this 
this day trip. Yeah, I, I did too. We were really lucky with the weather, weren't we? And yes, it did clear. So with that tour, obviously, we, we met at the meeting point in the morning and then it included all the transportation and the guide. We went to Lake Tawaguchi. And we went to a Japanese village and it was a really, really full day. I will put a link to the to the tour in the show notes. It was a get your guide tour. The t- honestly, our guide was amazing. We got some fabulous photos. The clouds kind of cleared later on, so we got clear clear views of Mount Fuji. The only thing I suppose that day, which which was difficult, is that it was a Sunday and the traffic back into Tokyo was crazy. So it actually took us four hours on the coach to get back. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it's a long day, but we did enjoy that. And then the, the next day we went to Team Lab, which is something I had booked quite a lot in advance because that did get booked up. And we loved that, didn't we? Oh, it was, yeah, it was wonderful. Absolutely. It's just so, so different. So, yeah, so that basically took up that day. And then day five, we went to the Sky Tree and the Imperial, Imperial Palace and Gardens for a look around. Yeah, that's right. We had a great view. Again, the weather was clear. So from the, uh, the Sky Tree, we had a good views the surrounding areas. And then day six was our last day in Tokyo. We did go to Hanabayori Gardens, but I think probably wouldn't do that again. It was all right, but I wouldn't have gone out my way to do that. What we did do that day was we sent our two suitcases on to Kyoto because we didn't want to be traveling on the trains because we knew we had the next part of the trip, which was going to be going to see the snow monkeys, Takiyama and Kanazawa. We didn't want to be taking our main suitcases. So on that day, our luggage was sent to Kyoto, what was going to be stored and then sent to Kyoto. So we did that. So that was our main kind of aim that day was to get ourselves sorted, wasn't it? Yep, that's right. And then in the evening that same day, we had a walk around Shinjuku Station, all the, the lights and the on lights. It was, it was really nice, wasn't it? It was, yes, and had some quite nice food. So then day seven, we took the Shinkansen to, De- to Nagano. That's right. The Shinkansen, or better known as the Bullet Train, and anybody who knows me and my look, trains i felt like a little boy it it was just unbelievable every everything i've ever read or looked at about the bullet trains to came to fruition it was just absolutely incredible and i loved it didn't i i was so excited <laughs> yeah you did you did so basically what we were going to nagano and then going to Udineke to go to we were staying in a rear can so with, with its own private onsen as well which was amazing and we will actually be reviewing that rear can because we loved it. The people who ran it were quite elderly, but they were amazing. They were so friendly. We had a traditional Japanese evening meal and breakfast. So again, something totally different, definitely worth paying for. It, it was lovely, wasn't it? It was a really good experience. It was just such a contrast to anything we've done before or experienced before. So it was just a, a real eye-opener. And actually quite humbling, I always thought, to actually be there in somebody's home. And to be experiencing this, and there was there were there were other Japanese people staying there. There were some French people staying there, so it was it was really good to do. And then the next day, because our plan was to see the snow monkeys. Now in the autumn, you can struggle sometimes to see them because they actually don't come down to their little onsen, their little their baths. But actually, the lady at the Rican actually checked, and they said the monkeys were there. So as part of what they do at the Rican is that included in the prices that they take and drop you off at the snow monkey. And we actually met two Japanese ladies who were also staying at the rear can, and we walked up with them, didn't we? We did, and uh, lo- lovely uh, ladies as well. Again, just 
sharing in the experience with people not being there before. Yeah, it was great. We've got we've got some fantastic photos and videos, didn't we, of the snow monkeys? I loved it. I'd read a few negative comments about it online, and to be honest, I loved it. I'd go again. I thought it was fantastic. The monkeys were really laid back, weren't they? Yeah, that's right. They're very chilled out, and, and you're not the, the the biggest fan of monkeys generally. But you were fine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely fine. And then the next day we went to Takayama where we spent one night and had a look around the town before the next day on day 10, we took the train from Takayama to Kanazawa. We spent two nights there so we could get a little bit of washing done. What always amazes me in Japan as well, how fantastic the shopping centers are, the railway station. So if you're actually looking for somewhere to eat, that's a great place to head. And Kanazawa, fantastic options, didn't it? You don't need to leave the train station. And the, the apartment we had was five minutes from the station as well. So it ticked every box for us, didn't it? Yeah, it was lovely. I will put a link to the different places that we stayed as well in the show notes for this episode. We did the hop on, hop off bus. We went to Kanazawa Castle. We went to the Higashi area. So this is all the sort of things that we did in Kanazawa. And I think I think two days was, was good. We got to see a fair amount. I probably would spend maybe a little bit longer there were other places I wanted to visit in that area, but it was enough to give us an introduction, really, before we headed to Kyoto. Yeah, we also saw the Kumicho uh, market as well. I, I like That's markets right. in different countries and di- you know different foods and different you know different things for sale in all markets. Yeah, so day twelve, we took the train to Kyoto. We, I had actually organised to go to, to the team lab, which I guess I'd kind of not realised it was actually going to be in Osaka. I hadn't read it properly. So we actually arrived in Kyoto and had to head straight to Osaka, didn't we? Which we were a bit tired and it took us a lot longer than we thought to walk to actually the team lab. While I enjoyed it, it wasn't our favourite team lab. Definitely the Tokyo one was a highlight for us, I think. It was, yeah. The one in Osaka was outside. It's kind of cool. Yeah, so then we spent a number of days in Kyoto and there's certainly a lots and lots of things to say in Kyoto. What I will say, though, is that it is spread out. So you really have to plan your days so you're not spending your entire time jumping on transport to get here, there and everywhere. And we will do an entire episode about Kyoto and the places that we visited in terms of getting around where we stayed, it was pretty good. We were not too far from the train station and we could jump on the bus. So we're quite close, obviously, lots of convenience stores. So it worked pretty well in being able to get around to the places. But it's just that things are spread out, aren't they? That's right. And we, we did have to plan it. And some of the buses have tried to travel as well, a bit off peak time as well. Because some of the buses got very full. Yeah, they did. And I think we, we also took from Kyoto because it was easier. We did a day trip to Nara to go and see the deer, which was, I thoroughly enjoyed that day. That was a really, really good trip, wasn't it? It was, and we had more stuff planned for the day, but turns out that that was a public holiday. So uh, there was a lot more events actually in Nara Park. Yeah, it was busy. It was really, really busy, but it was actually really an enjoyable day trip out. And then from Kyoto, what we did as well is that we'd sent our luggage on to Osaka, didn't we? So we didn't have to take it to Hiroshima. That's right, yeah. yeah. Which, the first time you send your suitcases, it gives you a few, few palpitations. This was the second time we'd done it, and we were very relaxed by this time, weren't we? By the stage that, you know, they were going to arrive, but it's so much easier. It really is so much easier travelling on the trains without them. And we did have the air tags in it, so we could track where the luggage was, so that did help. We did have a little bit of a, an issue with it, though, in that we couldn't send it from the hotel we were at. They they wouldn't do the pickup for the luggage, so we had to go and find 
convenience store. They wanted everything written out in Japanese. Luckily, we had managed to get that done. But I think we were a little bit worried, weren't we, at that time, about making sure we could actually send it. But eventually, we got it sorted. Yes, that's right. We looked at the convenience store we went in. The uh, person there was very knowledgeable and knew exactly how the setup was, how the system worked answer all our questions. So some of the places that we did visit in Kyoto was the Golden Temple, Kinkakuju. I'm sure I haven't said that correctly. Then we took the bus to the Silver Temple. We went to the um, Gion District, uh, Karamachi Garden, Shopping Centre, Food Hall. Um, yeah, we really kind of did explore Kyoto, but there's still a lot more that we could see. I'm, I'm quite aware of that. And we also uh, did a lot of walking there as well. Um, so to make sure you got some good shoes. But it was very relaxed. The weather was lovely for walk. Yeah, yeah, it was. And then day 17, we took the, the bullet train again with the Shinkansen to Hiroshima. So we stayed at a hotel near the train station, which was pretty good because then we could get the the tram. So the first thing we did that afternoon is we took the, the tram down to see the atomic bomb dome, didn't we? Peace dome. We did, and that was Provoking. It was. I, th- I found Hiroshima quite quite hard hitting, actually. So, I mean, the next day we decided to take a day trip. So, to Miyajima Island, um, see the Tori Gate. We took the ferry and the train backwards and forwards to Hiroshima. It was actually a really easy trip to do. And then in the afternoon, we actually went to the Hiroshima National Peace Memorial Hall for the victims. And so, we divided it up, didn't we, between the two days to do that. We did. It was a conscious effort to split it so it wasn't just too overwhelming in one day. Yeah, absolutely. But I would highly recommend that, if obviously, if you're going to Hiroshima, that you, that you do do the museum and learn all, a little bit more about it. Then on day 19, we took the train to Osaka. And then I basically I stayed in Osaka. And Doug decided to go back to Kyoto, didn't you? I did uh, because I'd heard good things about the Kyoto Railway Museum. And I'm so glad I did. It was wonderful i was there for a few hours i could have spent the whole day there it was again just a rail enthusiast dream because it wasn't just a question of looking at trains it was actually how the systems work i won't bore you with the details but it was just so interesting yeah and then you, you did get lost on the way back though didn't you yeah the the, <laughs> the, the train stations are, are like an absolute labyrinth and i knew where i wanted to go but that was not so easy because i had no working phone no working wi-fi and Everywhere looks the same, and there's just so many thousands of people there, so many signs, but none were the ones that I wanted. So, yes, I was walking about five minutes trying to get out of the train station. <laughs> I eventually, eventually got you back to the hotel, didn't I? And then we had um, dinner at a, a British pub near the station. So the, the, day 20 was only full day that we had in Osaka, and if there was anything I would change about this itinerary is that I would have added more time in Osaka because – I really, really liked Osaka a lot, and we really didn't get a chance to see as much as I wanted to. We did visit the Sky Building. We went down to the Totonburi, I don't know how to pronounce this either, excuse my pronunciation, area and canal, which was lots of different um, food stalls and um, lots of street food. It was just a very vibrant area, some just fantastic places to eat with lots of different decorations outside the buildings and yeah, it was really cool. So next time we visit Japan, we'll probably start there. Yes, I think so. Spend a lot, a lot longer in Osaka. I think probably an extra two days really to get kind of get a feel for the area a bit more. And then basically on our last day, we just had the airport limousine to Osaka Airport where we were flying out to go to South Korea. So that was basically a quick overview really of what we did. 
It is the the airport limousine, I should say, is the name of a coach company. So it was a coach, not a not a car. We went back to the airport. With. No, it was it was literally a few minute walk from the hotel. We, we went to the bakery, got a few snacks, and then jumped onto the limousine bus and straight to Osaka Airport because. Um, it, it was just easier to do that on this particular occasion and, and not, not very expensive. And actually, when we spoke to the hotel about the best way, they, they said, take the limousine bus. It's actually straightforward. That's right. And it was five minutes walk from the hotel we were staying in as well, which made it even easier. Yeah, absolutely. So then, uh, yeah, so then after that, we flew on to South Korea. So that, as I say, this episode of the podcast was really just to give you a quick overview of the places that we went and what we did, as I say, uh, we will write this up in a far more detailed article. We'll also talk a little bit more in detail about the different things that we did in Tokyo, things we did in Kyoto, a little bit more about uh, Nagano, Takayama, Kanazawa, and what we included. But really, in this episode, it was just to give everybody an overview. And in the next episode of the Global Travel Plan podcast, we're going to be sharing some of our Tips for first-time visitors, things that we came across that we thought, oh, this is interesting, and we, we, we made notes, didn't we? And the things that we maybe have got slightly wrong, we should have done or do definitely better next time. Yeah, that's for sure, because we will be visiting Japan again, 100%. We absolutely both loved it, didn't we? We certainly did. Yeah, we love the people and the place. So that wraps up this week's episode. You can find links to everything we talked about in the show notes at tracystravelsintime.com forward slash episode 13. That just leaves me to say until next week's episode, happy global travel planning from me.